Hey, y'all, it's me, Michael Anthony Judasissi. Welcome to All Things Billy, the podcast, as opposed to All Things Billy, the (laughs) TV series, the broadcast radio show, the movie, the album, the 8-track tape. (laughs) Anyway, I appreciate you being here today. Um, Before we get started uh, with our main topic, I want to thank all of you for subscribing to the YouTube channel. As you know, the drive for 1000 is on. Get to that, uh, you know, next level of, or first level of you know, monetizing YouTube content, 700 and I don't know, 30, 25, 30 uh, subscribers. So that's up substantially just in the last week or two. So thanks so much. If you're listening on YouTube and you haven't subscribed, why not? Doesn't cost anything, doesn't hurt you. The only thing that'll happen is when you uh, go to YouTube on the web, there'll be a little red light, like a little red dot next to the name of the channel that tells you there's a new episode. That's kind of it. That's the whole thing in a nutshell. And if you have a a Gmail account, you have a YouTube account, which is all you need to do. Sign into Gmail, go to YouTube, and then just hit subscribe. And uh, thanks. I appreciate it. All right. So catch up on a couple of things. Today, we're going to do a book review on what I'm going to say is my favorite uh, book about the life and times of Billy the Kid. And it's Billy the Kid, A Short and Violent Life by Robert M. Utley. And uh, it, I'll, I'll talk more about it, but it's the first book I ever read on Billy the Kid. Um, so from that standpoint, it's probably burned into my psyche. But it's also really easy to digest. And so we're going to get into the book a little bit more. Um, for those that have asked about <laughs> the final trial of Billy the Kid, the movie, well, once again, no update. Uh, can't uh, can't tell you we're here uh, seven weeks on since Amazon uh, received the film and its assets for release. I figured that they didn't want to release it this past weekend because they didn't want me siphoning off millions from Tom Cruise and uh, Top Gun. <laughs> Could you imagine Tom, Tom Cruise is on the phone with Jeff Bezos? Don't release that Billy the Kid film. I need a big opening in that. <laughs> that thing's going to steal my thunder. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that would be funny. Anyway, uh, so seven weeks in, so who? I mean, to, uh, in six minutes it could be released, or uh, six weeks. Gosh, we just never freaking know, um, and it is uh, aggravating. But for those of you that have been on Zumo X U M O dot TV, Zumo TV, um, thanks. You've watched my first film in their own words, Billy the Kid in the Lincoln County War. Um, it's doing fabulously on there. Uh, really, really well. The numbers are strong, the number of people watching it. So thank you. It doesn't cost anything. In fact, you can get the XUMO Zumo app and uh, you don't even have to sign in. You don't even have to have an account. You just get the app and start watching TV. And there's tons of channels. There's got to be a hundred or more channels that are programmed. And then they have a a database of uh, other shows you can just search for and watch. And there's a Western channel. And, you know, it's not the Westerns that you uh, would see. Like, these are lower budget Westerns. They're, you know, films like mine, better than mine, <laughs> but, uh, you know, like mine. You can tell this was not a $20 million film, but they're really nicely done. And uh, you'll find a whole world of stuff if you're into that genre or really any other one documentaries, you know, all kind of stuff. So check out Zumo, 
TV, the app, and uh, watch, in their own words, Billy the Kid and the Lincoln County War. And uh, enjoy. All right. So when we come back, we're going to talk about Robert M. Utley's Billy the Kid, A Short and Violent Life. If you've read it, then you probably know all about it. If you uh, haven't read it, you may want to, after this review, take a look at it. Give it a good chance. It's an excellent overview. And we'll talk more about that after this. Okay, we're back. So let's uh, dispense with the niceties first. Um, the book written by Robert Utley, copyright 1989. So that's post Young Guns, which I think was 88 or somewhere around there, but pre Young Guns 2. Um, number of pages. 300, if you include the table of contents, which I assume you want me to do, 302 pages, um, which sounds like a lot, but it's, you know, the, the layout of the book, it's not overwhelming. You know, if you go, oh my gosh, a 300 page book, I can't, I can't read that. Um, don't worry about it. And the other thing is, which uh, we'll talk about in a second, is that the actual text of the book, so to speak, in other words, the parts where you'll read the story of Billy are 207 pages long. And then after that is almost 100 pages of footnotes and sources, and then the table of contents. Um, I would uh, caution anybody <clears throat> who reads a history book that has no sites, no sources, no research, has no footnotes, I would caution you to decide whether you're actually reading a history book or an opinion book. Most of the books I've seen about Billy the Kid, Brushy Bill, uh, John Miller, uh, that cite no sources are really just somebody's opinion backed by, uh, in most cases, zero fact. So M Mr. Utley does a really nice job in this book of giving you some stuff. And actually, if you read through the footnotes, there's tons of information there, really interesting stuff of where the research came from, who was involved. Um, it really did help me understand the, uh, the mystery behind the letter from Wallace to Billy summoning him to Squire Wilson's house when you, you know, start to look into the, the footnotes there. And that's really where I started my search. So there you go. So just a, a little over a couple hundred pages for, uh, for Bob Utley. The book I have, the one I have, is not my original. The first one I have, I, I worked at a, a healthcare place uh, years ago, and the HR guy said, oh, you're uh, you're into that Billy the Kid. Um, what's a good book to read? And so I told him, and he goes, okay, uh, do you have it? <laughs> and so I said, yeah. And I gave it to him, and I said, yeah, I want this back. And about two weeks later, I left um, well, they asked me to leave because I told them I was starting my own company. So I never got my book back. Um, but when I was filming the pilot, the only episode of Back to Billy that we ever made years ago, four or five years ago, um, I needed this book. And I actually got permission from Bob Utley and from the University of ne Nebraska Press to use the book. I guess you would say the likeness of the book uh, in that TV show. And so I needed one that looked very heavily aged. So I ordered two copies on Amazon and uh, I've got this hardcover one here that I had 
gosh, I've done everything too. I took uh, like uh, sandpaper and sanded the cover down so that it looks very worn and weathered and it's missing a lot of the ink. I used tea and coffee on the uh, edges of the pages and would soak that in and rub it in, then leave it out in the sun to curl and dry. Um, and, uh, you know, I <laughs> threw the book down, ran it over with the car. I mean, I did everything. And lo and behold, though, you can still read this sucker. You know, I it says in the... Uh, the uh, initial uh, this uh, copyright page this the paper in this book meets the minimum re requirements of American National Standard for Information Sciences permanence of paper for printed library materials, <laughs> and I got to tell you, that's right. It really, it really, really does. I couldn't kill this thing as much as I tried. So I really treasure this, not just uh, as a prop, but as a, a good uh, resource guide for uh uh you know for billy the kid stuff so this was my first book oh the the uh, uh the what do you want to call it <clears throat> who who the big book is written for the acknowledgement for paul andrew hutton dr hutton from unm friend neighbor valued critic there you go all right um who's this book great for well i'd say for anyone interested in the story of billy the kid it's probably great for all of them but yeah, there are three types of uh, Billy the <laughs> Billy the Kid fans in my mind. Um, the first ones are the very casual. Oh yeah, twenty one years old, killed twenty one men. Um, you know, well, the, the, just recite the legend, and they have a little bit of knowledge, and that's all they really want. They don't need anything else, and that's fine. Um, there's the people at the other end of the extreme, every last detail, every, oh my gosh, this guy said this word instead of this one. Um, so that may mean something here. They are the uh, um, the, the hardcore researchers, historians, uh, authoritarians, <laughs> uh, internet bullies. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you have people there that want every single fact and detail. And then you have a lot of other people in the middle that know the story, know the history, or at least most of it. They have some misinformation. They're open to learning stuff as long as people aren't assholes about it. Um, and so, and I would count myself in that middle group too. Uh, and, and I would say that this book is ideal for the middle group of people, but it's still really good for the, for the first and the last group of people as well, because it's very easy to digest. At 200 pages, it encapsulates the the entire story uh, from really from birth or whatever we know about Billy's birth all the way through his death, um, if he did die in Fort Sumner. And uh, in the footnotes, it even tackles things like uh, Brushy Bill Roberts uh, doesn't tell anything about John Miller, but uh, there's, there's just a good pace and flow to it. Uh, the chapters are about 10 to 15 pages each. So if it's the kind of thing where you want to, you know, read a little bit now, or you want a very specific part of the story, then you can go right to that chapter and read that. And, you know, in, in, I don't know, whatever, however fast you read, I read pretty fast, but, you know, it take you an hour or 10 minutes or whatever it might take. So the chapters, there are 18 of them. The kid is chapter one, the adolescent, chapter two, the outlaw. Chapter three, the ranch hand, four, Avenger, five, the assassin, six, shootout, the shootout, seven, the warrior, eight, the fire, nine, the drifter, 10, the bargain, 
11, The Rustler, 12, The Celebrity, 13, The Capture, 14, The Sentence, 15, The Escape, 16, and The Execution, 17. And then chapter 18 is The Legend, talks about the legend of, you know, the enduring legend of Billy the Kid. And you can probably even just think through those um, those chapter headings and understand what they're talking about. The kid is, here's the origins, uh, the origins of Billy the Kid. You know, here's what we know about where he came from. Now, there has been additional research since 1989, and there are other things known about Billy, or at least strongly suspected um, about Billy, but I don't think that there are, there's no fabrications in this book that I've ever found. This is honest to goodness, nose to the grindstone research uh, presented in a way that is easily understandable and digestible. Uh, the second chapter, the adolescent, d- does talk about Billy's days in Silver City and, uh, you know, kind of losing his mom. And as his life started to turn, the outlaw is uh, the uh, the chapter that talks about his time with Jesse Evans, formative years, uh, you know, killing Wendy Cahill, leaving for New Mexico, Jesse Evans making his way to Lincoln. The ranch hand uh, talks about how he wound up in the employ of one John H. Tunstall and, uh, and, and focuses a little bit on what might have been, you know, what, if this was the job that Billy got and there was no Lincoln County war coming, then, um, you know, maybe his life would have turned out, probably his life would have turned out differently. Um, the Avenger, uh, which uh, will uh, obviously you know, bring you to uh, the post-Tunstall killing, the assassin, which will, uh, you know, bring you to uh, the, uh, uh, you know, the murder of Sheriff Brady, and then so on and so forth. So you get the idea, but there's, it's captured very well in in really concise bits. And uh, Bob uh, Robert Utley's writing style is also very easy to read. So the beauty here with the, uh, the footnotes is that they are all, well, I don't know if it's beauty, but it's easier to read this way. So here's a, here's a, the warrior, page 81, uh, but not for long. On May 4th, worried about the legal requirement for a speedy examination of prisoners, Copeland asked Dudley to release them to his custody. Dudley complied, Colonel Dudley. With 30 men on his hands and most of them unruly, Copeland did not know what to do next. Bewildered, he simply turned them loose with the injunction to go home and quit feuding. Both parties seem to have had a scare, Dudley commented dryly. And that's a quote from Dudley. And then there's a number 10. And that takes you to the footnotes. So for pages 81, um, footnote 10. Now, if you want to read it right now, I get it. You'd be, you you might be a little put off like, oh, I want to see what, where that came from. But you got to flip all the way to the back of the book. I have seen uh, books that put all the footnotes at the bottom of the page they occur on. And it does take you out of the flow of the story. It really does. And so um, I I just like this better. And I looked at it, it's almost like, to me, like you get a, a bonus book in that you read the entire story in 200 pages of Billy the Kid. And then you go back um, and you get to read all these extra pages. It's almost like there's a another book in there. So that's that's actually uh, pretty cool. So well done. There's a number of photographs. Let's see how many pages of photographs we have. It's so crinkly because of all the aging I did on the book. Uh, let's see, we got one, two, three, 
I'm going to estimate, <laughs> so I don't have to count here. Gosh, there's probably 15 pages um, of photographs here, so some good stuff. The Obviously, the first one is the very classic photo of, uh, of Billy, um, pictures of Main Street and Silver City, um, Lincoln, New Mexico, a picture taken about 1885, and you can see the house uh, with the building uh, behind it, and uh, I'm trying to make out the Tunstall store. It's uh, it's taken from you know up on top of the mountain behind. There's Fred Waite looking like Magnum PI, uh, Fort Stanton. Yeah, I mean there's some good pictures, um, and then there's some that are certainly disputed. Right? Do we really know, uh, you know, that this is it? One of those would be this picture of um, Dave Rudabaugh. Uh, and this is picture number 20 below. One of Billy's outlaw associates was Dave Rudabaugh, shown here below in 1886 after citizens of Peral, Mexico, separated his head from the rest of his body. And that's in the Mullen Collection, Haley History Center. And there is a, uh, a, a policia um, holding a guy's head with a mustache. Um, the guy's face looks kind of round and chubby. Now, I've never had my head cut off, so... Um, I can't tell you whether that would be a result of getting it cut off, but he doesn't look that much like the picture that we think is Dave Rudabaugh, who is, you know, kind of dark, but it's, it's tough to tell. I mean, who knows? So, you know, maybe that's him, maybe not, um, but definitely some pictures that, uh, you know, are worth seeing. There's the very famous uh, picture of the, uh, the uh, uh, Maxwell house. Of course, that picture was taken pretty substantially later uh, because the second floor has been added and there was no second floor at the time. Uh, but you've got Poe, uh, Garrett, and uh, Jim Brent. So there you go. Um, I would, uh, if you if you want a rating on the book, hey, you know, Michael, give me a one to 10 on this thing. I would tell you that I would look at this book and I would give it for, for that person in the middle that wants to learn more about Billy, wants to know the uh, the story, wants to know some of the history and the facts, but does not want to get bogged down in every single detail. You know, did, did Dick Brewer button the top button on his vest the day he was killed or did he leave it open? Like for people that don't care about that, I give this book a solid eight and a half to a nine. Um, I think there are some areas where you might be left wanting a little bit more uh, especially as it relates to the Lincoln County War, uh, because it, it does talk about all the the key uh, you know moments and incidents uh, of the Lincoln County War events, I guess, but it doesn't go into great detail. Luckily, though, for you, if you like Mr. Utley's writing style, uh, he's also written the book High Noon in Lincoln: Violence on the Western Frontier, and that was two years earlier, nineteen eighty seven. And he does uh, state in here that he leaned heavily on his research from that book to write this one. And that's a pretty good way to do it, by the way. Like he had a platform of knowing the Lincoln County War and obviously Billy the Kid, although he was very much just a bit player in the war, um, that he could then expound upon for this book and then, you know, research the other parts of the life of the kid that were uh, less known. Um, if you uh, want to know, I don't think it's spoiling it for anybody, um, 
I that uh, Utley does say that you know Garrett killed the kid on July fourteenth, eighteen eighty one. Um, there are uh, enough facts here of what happened to Billy after he escaped jail in Lincoln, um, where uh, you know, and where the sources are cited, not you know somebody saying, "Oh, Billy went here and there," and nobody ever heard of that, um, but. Uh, yeah, the, the, you know, the classic ending is pretty simple. <clears throat> I'll read it to you. Outside, the two deputies waited. McKinney squatted on the ground outside the fence. Poe sat on the edge of the porch, dangling his feet in the open gateway. So I think that's one area right there where you go, oh, wait a minute. How do you know that? I mean, how do you know that Poe is dangling his feet in the open gateway. We don't know that. I mean, Poe may have said it. McKinney may have said it. Yeah, but who cares? I guess that's the point is who cares? Within seconds of Garrett's disappearance into Maxwell's bedroom, Poe glanced to his right and saw a figure approaching alongside the inside of the fence. In the moonlight, Poe recalled, and this would be from Poe's book, I observed that he was only partially dressed and he was both bareheaded and barefooted, or rather had only socks on his feet, and it seemed to me that he was fastening his trousers as he came toward me at a very brisk walk. Poe thought this might be Maxwell himself or one of his guests. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, okay, so that's Poe's recollection. Uh, the book continues. The man came almost face to face with Poe before spotting him, startled. He recoiled, covered Poe with his pistol, and sprang to the porch, hissing, Kianess. As he backed away towards the door to Maxwell's bedroom, he repeated, Kianess, Kianess, who is it? Poe climbed to his feet and took several steps toward the man, telling him not to be alarmed, that they would not hurt him. Kianess, the man asked again, as he backed away into the doorway and vanished inside. So according to uh, Poe, Billy says Kianess four separate times. Poe approaches him. That seems, I, I will say that just seems a little weird. Like a guy has a gun pointed at you and you get up from where you're sitting and start walking toward him to tell him you mean him no harm. Usually you would, I think you would keep your distance or even retreat. Um, anyway, in the minute or so since waking Maxwell, Garrett had asked whether Billy the Kid was at Fort Sumner. Agitated, Maxwell had replied that he was not at the fort, but was nearby. At that moment, they heard voices outside and saw the man back around the doorframe. Approaching the bed, the man asked, who are those fellows outside, Pete? Bolting up in his bed, Maxwell spat out, that's him. Suddenly aware of the dark shape next to Maxwell, the man sprang back, pointed his pistol, and again demanded, Kienes, Kienes. Garrett was startled as the, was as startled as the intruder. He had not even thought to ready his pistol. Quickly shifted his holster in the same Instant identified the other man. He must have recognized me, Garrett later conjectured, for he went backward with a cat-like movement, and I jerked my gun and fired. That's what she said. The flash of exploding powder blinded Garrett, and he snapped off a second round in the direction of his target. On the verge of pulling the trigger a third time, he heard a groan and knew he had hit his mark. Pete Maxwell sprang from his bed, hit the floor in a tangle of bedclothes, and raced to the door, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so, you know, very classic version of, uh, and, and Utley admits in his, uh, in the footnotes that he does lean heavily on Garrett's version of what happened. 
uh, talks about the coroner's jury, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. I mean, as, essentially the, you know, the, the last day of Billy the Kid takes four pages in this book. It's not some tortured long thing. And, uh, and then it's over, which is if it happened the way Garrett said, which is probably uh, very appropriate. It just happened pretty quickly and it was over. Okay. Um, so Billy the Kid, A Short and Violent Life. You can find it on Amazon. The cool thing, I mean, this is, uh, I think this is, let's see, who did the artwork? Lind, Lindlob or Lindloff? I can't, L-I-N-D-L-O-F, uh, copyright 1989. So somebody did the uh, artwork for this cover and it's uh, it's a, you know, a painting or an illustration of Billy, not in the very classic pose. And this makes Billy look like a young man. He's got the roundish face and uh, slightly buck teeth. He's got a sombrero on, which is definitely probably more fitting. He's got the Winchester, you know, across the front of him with his hands on it. And does not have very good uh, uh, trigger control because <laughs> he's got his finger right on the trigger. Uh, but at least it's not cocked. I can see that. And uh, he's got a prickly pear cactus behind him. But I have seen other versions uh, online where you can uh, you can get you know different covers. That's the cool thing about these books is they get released or re-released. They get new artwork updated. Um, so whatever one you get, the book inside will be essentially the same. Um, Bob Utley, Robert Utley, sorry, uh, was uh, very nice to me. I had reached out to him via email. I know that his hearing was going, and so he couldn't really speak on the phone. So he had requested that people contact him via email. And when I was, it was early 2018 when I was getting ready to film that pilot, I said, hey, I, I have this, uh, I need a book, a Billy the Kid book, because this story kind of centers around this book that gets lost in time. And I'd like to use yours. And he asked some questions, what's it about and those kind of things. And I told him and he said, well, it's okay with me, but you'll have to contact the University of ne Nebraska Press, which I also did. And they were nice enough to also give me permission uh, to utilize the book for that. And then I sent them a link to the, the uh, pilot when it was done. And so you'll see Bob Utley's book as a, uh, uh, a featured character, I guess, in the, uh, the episode of uh, the only, only episode ever made of Back to Billy. I'll link to it at the end of this video so you can click over there and watch it if you haven't. It's interesting. It's fun. It's the first thing I ever really wrote and directed. Um, didn't have a lot of money to make it, but uh, but uh, we did the uh, we did the absolute best we could. Uh, interesting, a uh, little. Uh, I don't know if it's a uh, a fun fact. It's not nothing fun about it, but it was filmed at Bonanza Creek Ranch, which is very regrettably where uh, cinematographer Helena Hutchins was killed um, by a projectile uh, from a gun during the filming of a western with Alec Baldwin. Uh, that was in the church, which you'll see in the background scenes here. We didn't film anything inside the church. Uh, but uh, in fact, I don't think we filmed anything inside any of the buildings. It was all exteriors. The interiors were actually done at my house in Albuquerque. So um, there you go. But yeah, you can take a look at that and see Bob Butley's famous book. So eight and a half or nine stars. Get on over to Amazon. Get yourself a copy. Um, it's one of those ones you're going to want to hang on to because it's very easy to go back and research uh, stuff quickly if you need it. And also, I would take a totally separate look at the footnotes. Read the book. Enjoy that. Then sit down with a cup of coffee and read all the footnotes 
and start to see how, how much detail and work goes into writing a book like this and how many different sources you have to tap. And remember, this was written in 89. There was, I mean, there was an internet then, but it wasn't available to, you know, people like you and I. So this is like real research, uh, you know, sending letters, getting faxes, traveling to places where these repositories of information are. So it's a way, way easier prospect now to get this information in order to write a book then, uh, than it was in the past. So there you go. That's my favorite Billy the Kid book. I've read a number of them. I don't have them anymore. I gave them all away. Uh, this is really the only one that I have left. But I'm curious as to what yours are and why. And you can tell me in the comments uh, down below if they're watching this on YouTube. Or you can email billythekidridesagain at gmail.com. Or find us on Twitter at btkrides. And uh, yeah, what's your favorite Billy the Kid book? And, uh, and why is that? And why should people go and read it? And uh, we'll talk uh, about a couple more things before we go, but we'll do that after this. Hey now. hey <laughs> We're back. All right. Well, so I hope you enjoyed uh, our uh, little review of Billy the Kid, A Short and Violent Life. Looking forward to hearing what your favorites are. Um, I have uh, read more and more reviews of the Billy the Kid epics series. And um, it seems to me, this is totally unofficial, <laughs> that they're running about 60-40. 60 in favor of, ah, this is not any good and I'm done with it or I'm bored with it. Uh, but 40% but saying, hey, you know what? Sure, it's not very accurate, but I like it. It's a good show. Um, I still have not watched anything more than the first episode, but uh, there's uh, there's hope, I guess, if you want it to continue. A lot of TV shows uh, struggle in their first season, and when they get past that first season, they start to really develop and gel. Um, and so you can hope that maybe this, Billy the Kid on Epics, is one of those. Uh, Seinfeld, remember that? Uh, the first season of Seinfeld, that show was in last or near last place week after week after week. Jerry Seinfeld went on every radio TV show that he could, did every interview trying to get some interest in the show so it would continue. And of course, it became one of the biggest, uh, you know, comedic hits of all time. Um, the The Office, uh, that show, The Office, the American version of The Office, the first season, NBC ordered a total of six episodes. <laughs> which is not a tremendous boost of confidence that, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, we'll take six, but I don't, we don't want to commit past that. And uh, the first six episodes, not that well received. In fact, uh, I listened to the Office Ladies podcast uh, with Jenna Fisher and uh, uh, Angela Kinsey, two of the ladies on the office. And they said, essentially every week, we just expected to get the the word that we were canceled. Like we never thought it was going past six episodes, but the show kind of found its footing after that and then picked up. And there's a number of examples like that. So maybe this Billy the Kid on Epics is a slow starter. And I think anytime you start with, you know, a, a kid in New York City or wherever the heck, uh, you know, the show started and you move them cross country and, you know, you, like it, it just wasn't very exciting for for me 
just as a viewer. But once you get into the, you know, Billy's outlaw life and Jesse Evans and the Lincoln County War and, you know, all that and whoever his love interest is, you know, who knows, uh, it's a way more interesting story. So, um, yeah, the the one thing I can tell you is that networks uh, listen to two sets of people, advertisers and viewers. Advertisers, because they spend the money that keeps these shows or helps make these shows. Now, if you're Epics and you're a subscription-based service, although I think it's available on some cable systems, um, you know, there's there's two parts. There's the advertisers and there's the the revenue that you get for member uh, for uh, you know uh, subscribing. The other part is viewers. If people are talking about, hey, I like this, I want to see it, I want to come back, and and the network sees or the streaming channel sees that the numbers run in lockstep with the feedback they get, that's something they have to take uh, seriously because that's the kind of thing they will talk to advertisers about. So if you want it to come back, to me it doesn't really matter because I haven't seen it. But if you want it to come back, uh, be vocal. Go on the Epic's uh, Facebook site. Go on their website. Go on their Twitter. Go, I mean, all their social media and comment and tell them you like it. You want another season, you know, tell them what you want to see. Tell them that you're going to tell your friends, you know, keep, 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 keep. And if you do that, you have a chance to see a second season of Billy the Kid on Epic's. If you don't, eh, you know, based on the reviews, I think there's probably a chance it doesn't come back. Um, and that's unfortunate because uh, too often shows have to come to a hasty ending when the network decides to pull the plug. Um, there was a show on uh, ABC called Resurrection that I actually liked. Uh, my wife and I used to watch it about this town where these people just kept coming back. They weren't zombies or anything. They just came back as who they were. Um, and they came back at the age that they had died at. Uh, and it was kind of intriguing. It went for, I think it was two seasons. And then at the, you know, halfway into season two, somebody decided, ah, that's it. And so they had to come up with a really hasty ending. Like it was so quick and you knew what it meant, but it was really poorly done because they probably went back and shot it, you know, in four hours one day and said, hey, we got to give the people that watched it some sort of ending. Um, and because if, you know, the show ever was aired on another network or another streamer, they would want some sort of completion. So uh, anyway, do your part <laughs> to keep Billy the Kid on Epics alive and uh, good luck with all of that. Um, as soon as we have more information on the release of the final trial of Billy the Kid, we'll let you know here. Um, my other film, 30 Seconds in Hell, will be coming out simultaneously uh, that one's also held up in Amazon World, so we sit and we wait. And uh, for any of you that have not seen Angie Hinojosa, Hinojosa <laughs> she's uh, uh, just a really talented artist, and she's done. She did the cover for the audiobook. So if you've uh, gone to the episodes with the audiobook and you've seen the picture of poor Martin Teebs being pulled in two directions by two different women, and Billy kind of standing there looking over his shoulder, being amused. Uh, that's Angie's uh, handiwork. She also did one uh, just recently for the cover of the book Sunset and Sumner. And so I have said to Angie, if you have time, <laughs> like if you can you know, carve out some, some uh, free time to do this, I'd love for you to make all six covers. We have two. 
let's do the other four books in the Back to Billy series with all these new covers. And then I would have a kind of special edition reprinted. Uh, but we're talking about getting Angie's artwork uh, released so you can buy prints of it because it's just so cool. So I'm going to put a couple of uh, pictures up on the, uh, the pop filter didn't work there. A couple pictures up uh, on uh, the YouTube version of this so you can see uh, what she painted and uh, get a get a look at it. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's take it. Come on. Let's go, Angie. Let's go. Come on. Everybody speak up <laughs> and tell her we want to see four more book covers of her really cool artwork. And uh, then you can have all six prints hanging around your your humble abode. So there you go. All right, gang, that's it for this episode of All Things Billy. I'm working on, oh, that's not, I'm working on something I think is going to be tremendous fun. Hopefully it will happen this week. Uh, uh, an interview with Scott Skurlock. Now, some of you know Scott Skurlock as my buddy and an actor in a couple of my films. Others of you know the name Skurlock and go, wait a minute, is he related to Doc Skurlock? And the answer is yes. And the way he found out is kind of a fascinating story. Uh, but uh, we're working on an interview with Scott, talking about his family connection, what he knows about Doc, how he found out he was a member of this, the you know infamous or famous Skurlock clan about his acting and all those kind of things. So uh, we should have that coming up for you maybe next week. Until then, it's me, Michael Anthony Judas for All Things Billy. See you next time. <laughs>